Now, I think there's a lot of stuff going on in the market where it won't crash to the same extreme that it did in 2009, kind of ever, because there's these big investment companies that are so ready to come in and buy. But yeah, this graph that says US price to rent ratio also shows this giant spike of rent increases that there's no, there's just no way it is uh, sustainable. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break with one of our newest sponsors. I'm super excited to be partnering with these guys. Does 15 to 20% ROI investing in turnkey rentals sound attractive? Did you know you can use the Burr strategy with new construction that has immediate equity already? You guys have heard me talk about stuff like this. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence out of state. They have single family, multifamily, new build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets that maximize cash flow, appreciation, and equity. Rental Retirement assists investors in learning how to build a comprehensive business plan with the best investment and tax strategies to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and system in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or call 1-800-311-6781. That's 800-311-6781 to learn about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. You know, and if you guys want to learn more about Zach, episode 1025, we dig in for a good 45 minute interview where he tells you the secrets to investing in real estate out of state. And him and I shared a lot of ideas about what works and what doesn't. You'll get to hear a lot about his company and his business. You know, if you're an agent from out of state and you've got referrals looking for stuff, they work with other agents on a referral basis. And we've talked so much since COVID hit that everybody needs to have a backup plan, right? Every one of you agents needs to have a backup plan. You should all be investing in real estate. And if you're having trouble finding the time and the team to do it, maybe something like rent to retirement is the solution for you. So thank you for listening. Go check them out. Now back to the rest of our podcast. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Uchistegui, and today I'm doing a state of the market, and it is April 7th, uh, 2022, as this comes out. You know, the state of the market interviews, the state of the market podcast is when I go through real estate news, and I talk to you guys about it, and I share my thoughts about it. And today, there's lots of real estate news and lots of real estate headlines out there. You know, there is a lot of stuff going on with interest rates. It is impacting a lot of things that are telling people that we are at the top of the market or clear close to a top of the market. Uh, there's also a few articles out there about some irrational exuberance and kind of what that means. And I'm going to review those with you guys today. And um, and yeah, it, so it's there's some kind of rough news out there for the future of real estate. But the but the things that go back to the other fundamentals that most of us have seen for so long is there still is this giant uh, supply demand. Uh, offset. So we're going to see, uh, I'm going to go through some of this news. I'm going to tell you what I think about it and and let you know how much I think it might impact us over the next 
you know, six to nine months. And, you know, we have things that'll continue to drive prices up like supply not being high enough. We have demand going down a little bit. And there's some really interesting articles that all came out over the past week that I'm going to jump into. You know, another thing I want to talk about today is um, I, I mentioned it in the podcast that came out a few days ago um, is I'm going on the next month and a half, the next couple months, you're going to hear my voice less on the podcast. You're going to hear my voice less on the podcast because um, I'm on a little bit of a kind of sabbatical with my family. My oldest daughter is struggling with some medical issues that are taking you know, multiple hours of treatment a day. I've got four kids. And, you know, as my wife is doing treatment with my oldest one, uh, the other three and I are going to be doing some other stuff and, or vice versa. There's going to be times. So it's just, we're going through a, a time in our lives where it's just a, taking a little bit of extra work to do the added life stuff. So for that, you're going to have a lot of guest hosts coming on. We've got a lot of people that are coming on to host shows that have hosted shows before. We've got some of the people hosting shows that are going to be at our mastermind in May. And I think you guys are really, really going to love them. And so I just want to encourage you as these guest hosts are coming on to, to listen to them, you know, support them. Let me know what you think. Let me know who your favorites are. Let me know which guest hosts you want to hear more of on the podcast as you know, we kind of maybe modify some things over the next couple months. You know, I am still going to be at the mastermind in May. So May 18th and 19th, there's still time to sign up. We've got another I think two weeks to sign up for the mastermind. If you're interested in coming out to meet all of us in person and kind of hang out and having us dig into your business, a mastermind, we've got amazing speakers, but a mastermind isn't just speakers. A mastermind is, is interactively going through your business, interactively going through someone else's business and hearing about how it helps. I just came back from a mastermind. The, I, I was able to, to meet with some guys from, from uh, some other businesses and each of us shared our best secrets. And some of us were all competitors. And we were sharing, here's our best secrets to succeed, you know, knowing that uh, in, in true mastermind format, when people do that, there's big changes that happen. So, all right, without further ado, let me get into some of this news. i share my screen so that way some of you guys that are on, uh, on YouTube out there are going to see some pretty cool stuff going on. So, uh, all right, and here we go. First article, this one came out about a month ago. But I, the reason I wanted to share it is I think it lines up with some of the other stuff and what we've been seeing. So foreclosure data is way, way up out in Texas. And we've seen that with our company, Roddy's Foreclosure Listing Service. And we've seen the stats month over month. We're getting 10 to 20% month over month increases. This article says U.S. foreclosure activity in February in 2022 uh, continues to in increase steadily. And we look at that article, Adam Licenser of the nation's most comprehensive foreclosure data says there were a total of 25,833 U.S. properties in foreclosure. This was in March. Default notices scheduled auction up 11% from a month ago and 129% from a year ago. February foreclosure activity looks a lot like what we can expect to see for the next six months. Double-digit month-over-month growth and triple-digit year-over-year increases. Now, the year-over-year -year increases aren't that surprising because we had a bunch of foreclosure moratoriums. But the 10 to 20% monthly growth, the reason that is substantial is that means we're only a month or two away from the, from the amount of foreclosures we were having pre-COVID. And the market's gone up so much that these foreclosures, most of them have equity in their houses, but something is changing where they can't make their payments anymore. So uh, interesting stats out there, definitely uh, happening. So we need some, just, just with all the other articles I'm going to be sharing, something else for us to look at. Okay, another just random quick tip out there is the, I just finished reading The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. I interviewed him about six or seven months ago. I just finished reading the book and it is 
fantastic and fascinating. And it talks about kind of the different tales that happen and the major events that happened over the past 20 or 30 years, where it's usually a single event or some small events in short periods of time that really, really move the needle. And as we're seeing changes right now, we saw changes in 2020, we saw changes in 2009. Uh, it's a great book to wrap your head around kind of how the market works, uh, how things happen, and how to be able to see opportunities as they arise and take advantage of them, and how to kind of sit on the sidelines and be calm uh, when it isn't. So if you haven't read it before, go read The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. I'm not paid for that ad. You know, I just think everybody should be reading that book. All right, next. The, this is an article from Inman that just came out. Fun stats here. The open door, disciplined in North Carolina for disclosure lapses. This is kind of crazy. This is the first time I've seen this with Open Door. Open Door is an iBuyer. There's a lot of iBuyers out there, but the iBuyers still have local brokers of record as they're doing this. It says op- the regulators say iBuyer misrepresented a home and didn't get proper permits for another. Its, it's license was suspended for 18 months, but then the NCREC stayed the suspension. So, First, they got their license suspended. They weren't going to be able to do business in that in that state. And then they were able to get a suspension of that, a stay of that, which said they're, you know, they're going to have some, they're not, they can still do business as long as they fix uh, some different things. Regulators in North Carolina have disciplined iBuyer open doors saying they improperly disclosed information. It's detailed in the North Carolina Real Estate Commission's report, April Bolton. They were suspended for 18 months. However, the Bolton also notes they stayed the suspension, meaning their license remains active and they're free to continue operating in the state, but that's a big warning. And so what that had to do with was they had a couple open door buys houses and then sells houses. So they buy houses direct from people and then they sell them. And kind of what it said was open door had banks in general, or, you know, big companies in general, when we buy a lot of times on disclosure, we're going to say, we've never seen the house. I bought this house. I've never seen it. So when we sell it, we don't have to give as many disclosures. Well, something that happened in these cases they talked about was open door had received disclosures from people they bought the properties from. At that point, they were aware, even if they had never seen the house, even if they're miles away from it, even if they're a big corporation, they had received these disclosures and they didn't uh, share those disclosures with the next buyer. And, uh, and people were able to dig into that. And another one, they actually hired uh, people to remodel properties. They were not permitted uh, to do that, which is super, super common when people are flipping houses to not get uh, permits. And, um, and they got caught. And they got in some trouble. And I think that it's really interesting that people, I think a lot of times, you know, people don't actually complain. When that ha- I think it happens a lot in real estate. You know, deals for non-disclosure happen a lot. And, uh, and when this one happened, they finally got caught on it. So we'll see if that makes many changes out there. Okay. So now here is a lot of the different articles that I wanted to talk to you guys about. So I'm going to actually read one. All right. This was a real-time market update from the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. And this one, I think, is the most substantial article I've read uh, in in a long time. It came out in the Dallas Fed, March 29th. If you want to go find this, you can come see it on the YouTube page uh, for the link. Maybe we'll put the link in the show notes. Real-time market monitoring finds signs of a bubble brewing in, uh, of brewing a U.S. housing bubble. What does that mean? Real house prices, prices adjusted for inflation have steadily increased in the U.S. since 2012. Further acceleration in the pace of house price appreciation began before the pandemic, but has strengthened noticeably since early 2020. So monitoring the emergence of housing bubbles. I'm going to read a lot of this article. I'm not going to read every piece of it. I think every I think you guys should go read it, but I wanted to uh, talk about this. Monitoring emergence of housing bubbles in real estate. 
An asset, in this case housing, is in the primary expansion phase of a bubble when price rises are out of step with market fundamentals. What does that mean? Rapid real estate, real house price appreciation, such as that observed now, does not in itself signal a bubble. Shifts in disposable income, the cost of credit and access to it, supply disruptions, and rising labor and raw construction material costs are among the economic reasons for real price housing gains. So this is one of the things I was talking about. We still have some things that are going to keep demand up or supply down. Um, but so they're saying, hey, prices itself do not signal a bubble, but a real pr house prices can diverge from market fundamentals when there's widespread belief that today's robust price increases will continue. If many buyers share this belief, purchases arising from a fear of missing out can drive up prices and heighten expectations of strong house price gains. This self-fulfilling mechanism leads to price growth that may become exponential or explosive, resulting in the housing market becoming progressively misaligned from fundamentals until investors become cautious, policymakers intervene, the flow of money into housing dries up, and a house correction or even a bust occurs. Expectations-driven explosive appreciations, often called exuberance in real house prices, has many consequences, including the misallocation of economic resources, distorted investment patterns, individual bankruptcies, and broad macroeconomic effects on growth and employment. Monitoring the housing market in real time for the emergence of such booms and prices can help investors and policymakers respond before the misalignments become so severe. So what does that mean? Here's the thing that really sticks out to me on there expectations-driven explosive appreciation called exuberance, right? He said, if prices are rising because of a fear of missing out, and I've seen that, we see that, everybody's all over the media right now. We need to buy, buy, buy now because prices will continue to go up. There's all the memes of I've been waiting for the prices to go down and it keeps going up. We have the fear of missing out. I saw this in 2005. I could not qualified to buy a house back then. We wanted when we were even looking at like, could we buy a motorhome and move into a motorhome? We were on the West Coast of California. Prices kept going up and we had so much fear of missing out saying we'll never be able to own a house. Now, and it says a self-fulfilling mechanism leads to price growth that may become exponential or explosive. That is happening. That is absolutely happening. Now, some people are saying it's based on fundamentals of supply demand curve. Yes, but that demand is somewhat driven by that fear of missing out of people saying, I want to buy a house someday, but I need to buy it now or I'll never be able to. That's where, when we're looking at those supply demand curves, you know, current demand compared to what's getting built out there where everyone says prices will never go down because demand is so high compared to, to the supply. Well, demand is going down. They said until the, you know, the Fed intervenes, well, the Fed has started to intervene with interest rates going up like crazy. It has a graph here that says signs of a tipping point and it shows kind of the you know prices going up and going down and prices going up and going down. It's showing just over the last quarter, this crazy exponential spike in prices where it starts to get really, really steep and shows what happened um, you know, when we had different crashes before. Now, I think there's a lot of stuff going on in the market where it won't crash to the same extreme that it did in 2009 kind of ever because there's these big investment companies that are so ready to come in and buy. But yeah, this graph that says US price to rent ratio also shows this giant spike of rent increases that there's no, there's just no way it is uh, sustainable uh, in my opinion. So as, as I try to not give investing advice while giving investment advice, I think you guys should go read the rest of this article and in real time market monitoring, find signs of a brewing housing bubble. All right. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui and I'm interrupting myself 
to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use follow-up boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses follow-up boss to get a 400% ROI on his massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses follow-up boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses follow-up boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used follow-up boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, follow-up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. The Now, I'm going to read a little bit about Inman also did uh, kind of a highlight of the article. Home prices may be unhinged from fundamentals, Fed analysts say. For two years, an array of experts has argued that pandemic home price surges were the result of a fundamentally sound, if imbalanced, housing market. But in recent months, a team of researchers from Federal Bank and elsewhere have uncovered signs of additional possible cause, a large group of buyers acting on a shared belief that today's price will continue. That's the big part that people haven't been talking about until now, including an exponentially rising price to rent ratio. Um, so the, you can read the Inman article as the quick summary, but that, but I think Inman is a lot of what I said there, uh, but go read that Fed article. Okay. Uh, Bloomberg article came out this week. We've got so many, I got so many pop-ups going on with all of my, my news as I'm trying to share it here. Soaring mortgage rates in the U.S., dent demand for vacation homes. If you guys are following me on, on Instagram, huge interest rates increases, right? Huge interest rate increases. I did a little factor on there that showed, you know, in December, the rate was, you know, 2.79, you know, a week and a half ago, it was, you know, 4.79 and showing that I think it was a $250,000 house in December. It's 250 or 350. Uh, I think it was $350,000 house in, in December. You could buy for 1460 a month. And then three weeks ago, if for that same $1,460 a month, you could only afford $275,000. So uh, affordability, someone that could buy a house for $350 in December can only pay $275 now, period. So some people who are maxed out where $1,460 was their max payment, they can pay $75,000 less now. That means demand goes way down. Simply in the supply demand curve, less people are able to buy at $350 than we're able to buy at $350 
a few weeks ago. It's a huge, huge change. Soaring mortgage rates in the U.S. De- demand for de- vacation homes. Now, vacation homes are some of the first things that slow that slow down uh, in the market and help show you what investors are thinking about real estate. Demand drops to lowest level since May 2020. Fee increase on some second home loans also deterring buyers. So, demand for second homes in the U.S. is plummeting as mortgage rates go up. After a pandemic buying frenzy, mortgage rate locks to buy second homes dropped last month to the lowest level since May 20. So people trying to get new mortgages for second homes dropped. While demand was still up 35% from February 2020, so two years ago, it was significantly lower than the previous month's 87%. Enthusiasm for vacation homes shot through the roof earlier in the pandemic as remote workers untethered from office sought to go sunshine and space, but escalating prices driven by fierce competition for a supply of tight listings and a surge in mortgage rate have slowed the boom. So just another one of those kind of factors and parts pieces in the news right now to consider. So demand is going down because of affordability. Demand is going down in second home vacation markets. And we've got this irrational exuberance that I think is leading to some of those steep um, increases. So I've got two more. Home affordability erodes at fastest annual pace since 2004. This is an Inman article uh, that came out on March 30th. And this also combines to it. So rates are up. Prices have gone up. Before they did the big rate increases, we still had home affordability eroding at the fastest annual pace since 2004. But remember, in the, last, the last peak was you know, 2005, 2006. And the last crash was really heavily 2008, 2009. So we're seeing, so maybe that means there's still some legs in what's going on here, but 2004, uh, record shattering price growth on its, on its own may understate how much home affordability has declined. The real cost of a home purchase rose by 20, 27% in the past year after accounting for the effects of the mortgage rate hikes. So the real cost of a home went up by 27%. The company's real house price index adjusts price for inflation Uh, for the typical consumer's buying power. Even though household income increased 5% since January 2021, it was enough to offset the negative impact on consumer house buying from higher rates and fast, high, rising nominal prices. Still, the typical home sold in January remained much more affordable than during the run-up to the housing crash in 2007. Okay, so that that is saying, hey, we're still not looking like we were in 2007. So, Typical home in January remained much more affordable than in 2007. So in 2007, at the absolute peak, people were spending more of their paycheck than they are today. Um, Salaries are higher today than they were during the bubble, but mortgage rates are are also remain far lower than they were in 2006. Household incomes today are nearly 48% greater. In fact, real house prices nationally are at the same level they were in 2000. The typical home costs a typical consumer two-thirds as much as it did during the last housing boom. So this is saying it's a lot less affordable than it was a year ago. It's eroding really, really fast. It's a lot less affordable than it was three months ago, right? I just said someone that could buy for 350 can now only buy uh, for 275. But they're saying, hey, it's still more affordable than it was. So people are still using, uh, you know, a, th- a third of their, uh, they're still using a certain portion of their paycheck. They were using a bigger portion of their paycheck in 2006 and 2007. All right, the last gloom and doom article of the day. A chief economist who called the 2008 housing crisis warns the U.S. housing market is in the early stages of substantial downshift as demand subsides and says surging home prices and rents are due to cool off in a big way. So this is on Business Insider uh, last week. After a remarkable two-year hot streak, the U.S. housing market seems poised to finally start seeing a balance of buyers and sellers. According to Ian Shepardson, the founder and chief U.S. economist at Pantheon Macroeconomics, the recent spike in mortgage rates has been something akin to throwing a bucket of cold water 
on a still blazing hot market. According to the Census Bureau, the median home price in the U.S. has grown 27% since the quarter of 2020, but at the end of 2021, prices declined from one quarter to another for the first time since the pandemic. I, I hadn't heard that stat yet. But at the end of 2021, prices declined from one quarter to another for the first time of the coronavirus pandemic. He notes the clients last week, Shepardson detailed reasons the pace of growth of U.S. home prices might be set to slow down. The crucial factor is two-flowed, slowing demand and rising interest rates. At its March meeting, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates for the first time since 2018. It's expected to hike several more. That's the other part about interest rates. What this guy is saying is he's going to keep right, right, raising them as fast as he can to stop inflation. He wants to be known for it. He wants us to look back 20 years from now and say he was the one that stopped inflation by raising interest rates. And raising interest rates does slow inflation considerably. As mortgage costs have already started to rise, demand for loans and refinances has fallen. The housing market, so here, here they say, the housing market is in early stages of a substantial downshift in activity, which will trigger a steep decline in the rate of increase of home prices, starting perhaps as soon as this spring. Uh, here's the chart. This is crazy. Uh, and it's kind of what I talked about. Mortgage payments have surged. Monthly mortgage payments on medium price single family home. All right. And in September 2021 on this chart, uh, median mortgage payments, 1550 or so. October, it's 1600. You know, December, it's like 1610. January jumps up to 1750. March, it jumps up to like 1925. So in September, average median payment, like 1550. March, 1925. That is a big, big increase, 25% or more increase. Falling demand would also affect housing availability. Shepardson, who was one of the several prominent economists who predicted the subprime mortgage crisis and housing crash of 2007-2008, well, the existing home sales had started to fall, helping add to the availability of houses on the market. He predicts that the number of existing home sales is likely to continue to fall in the months ahead, and it was a much-needed balance. So what does all that mean? Well, there is... Uh, there is some bad news out there in the housing market when it comes to slowing, but what is bad? So a lot of people are saying, hey, this is great. If rates go up, then the market will be a little bit more normal. And I don't disagree with that. I think there is still a higher demand than there is supply. There's still a shortage of housing, but I don't think this, the housing shortage is what they thought it was before. And I don't think it is anymore because demand is going to be going down when affordability goes down. The one of the also, one of the, the other things that happened. So that FOMO that keeps pushing people into the market keeps uh, pushing in that irrational exuberance. I absolutely believe that has happened. I've absolutely seen that has happened. So we have that FOMO that pushes people into the market, but there does come a point where they give up, where they just say, "Okay, I'm not going to buy a house anymore." I'm not going to buy a house anymore because the prices went up too high, because the rates went up too high, and I missed it. And man, I remember back in 2005 and 2006 saying, I missed it. We were trying to buy a house. My wife and I were trying to buy a house. We were trying to buy a house. Prices kept going up. We couldn't keep up with it. We made offers. We never got one. And then we got to a point where we said, okay, we missed it. We don't get to buy a house. And it was a bummer. It was a huge bummer. The, I, I remember at that time just being like, we're never going to be able to, to buy a house because we missed our chance and now it's going to go up forever. So I think that happens. I think that right now as prices, as interest rates go up and prices have gone up steep, that some of those buyers are, that, that have been pushing that market up because of FOMO are going to say, okay, I give up. I'm not going to do it now. 
We also have buyers that are saying, I really want that house, but I can't afford it anymore. Rates went up and I can no longer buy that house for what I want to buy that house for. That is, um, and that's sad. And, and, the, and, and that's heartbreaking for them. And they go back into that rental market, but that makes demand go down. Now supply, home builders are building uh, you know, more houses now than they were. There's a lot of construction going on. There's a lot of construction starts going on. So supply will continue to go up. So do I think there's a housing market crash impending? Um, not necessarily. I will still be making offers and trying to buy you know, new construction properties right now. And the reason I like those the most is because they have a six to nine month finish date and I can get them in escrow now. And by the time I'm close for a certain price and by the time I'm closing on them, the price has either uh, stayed stagnant or gone up a little bit uh, or gone down a little bit. And if it's gone down, I can walk away. If it stayed stagnant, I can walk away. But if there's built in equity, I can buy it as a new investment with that built in hedge. So I'm still investing in real estate right now. Uh, but I think it's important to be careful. I think it's important to look at our strategies and maybe see uh, some of these other strategies of you know, foreclosures and distressed home sellers to try to get your buyers uh, those properties. As rates go up and affordability goes down, then the best way to get a deal for your buyers is going to be finding those off-market properties. So guys, the thank you for listening to me. Uh, today on on this state of the market, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, I've got a lot of stuff personally going on. So you're going to hear a lot of guest speakers uh, over the next couple months. I'm still going to be at our mastermind in May. We still have room for a few new, new signups. And just so you guys know, there's going to be a maximum of 50 people in this room, right? A maximum of 50 people. You're going to be sitting at tables with like eight or 10 people from around the U.S. that are all going to be helping you interact with your business. We're going to be swapping out tables. We're going to be sharing ideas. So this isn't a a normal speaking event. You will leave with several friends. You will leave with several contacts and several people that are going to help you in your business. And this isn't a money-making mastermind. It will probably break even, right? So the when we say, hey, you're, you're coming to, you're going to pay to come out and see everybody at this mastermind, The it is not a money-making event. It goes toward the venue and toward food and we won't end up making a dollar. So the you know, thanks for listening. Uh, again, the, I appreciate all of you guys, and I look forward to getting back on the podcast more, and I look forward to seeing you guys in May. Real Estate Rockstars, thanks again. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one, and I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have, and also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff. 
rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.